I'm going to be eating lunch while we do this, FYI. It's fine. Seated away from the microphone. Thank you for nom, taking... Nom, 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 <laughs> What's for lunch? McDonald's. Oh, yum. It's the best kind. I didn't want to eat the peanut butter sandwich and coffee that I brought. <laughs> well, so I thank... was a responsible adult, and then I made the active decision to not be responsible. <laughs> Undermined yourself. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure you'll be responsible and eat the peanut butter and jelly for dinner. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. And yeah, thanks for doing this during your lunch because surprisingly me being on vacation from work has not made it any easier to record. <laughs> if I could, uh, next time I need to book a vacation from the kids and then we'll be able to do it. <laughs> or you got to send your kids to like sleeping school or something. Sleeping school, yeah. I think technically that's on me as, as a parent to try to teach them how to sleep but you think it is. doesn't every animal sleep you would think it would come naturally i don't understand this why do they need to be trained on how to sleep <laughs> two best of friends you think we're still gonna hang out after what you just did to me you are lying i want that on record that you're dumb who think they know football I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now welcome to the 2m football podcast yeah it's starting there we go let's start here <laughs> welcome in we're back another exciting brand new episode uh and, and there's only one place we can start today and i wrote this question before last week's games happened now we can answer it first and foremost is our collective fantasy football season over no yes no <laughs> it's over, man. I still have moves pending. I'm making moves. (laughs) Well, it's over except for the consolation bracket. For us, anyway. Very sad. I don't know how I'm going to pay attention to the games anymore. I'm I'm devastated, to be honest. (laughs) We can enjoy football. Yeah, once the disappointment wears off, it's easier to enjoy when you have nothing riding on the game and no no skin in it but for now i'm just like ah what's the point who cares about any of this (laughs) well you'll save more devastation than as we get into it with you know when quarterbacks start to do really well and then they go down with concussions or something Mm, yes i'm familiar (laughs) we'll talk about (laughs) it we'll talk about they do well for the first time in their goddamn lives and then they (laughs) go Anyway, we'll talk about all that and more on today's show. A brief Week 14 recap, given we're recording this Wednesday. Uh, We'll take a look at the current playoff picture with four weeks to go. Uh, Preview all the Week 15 games with a special appearance of Matt's Watchability Index, which he didn't even put in the notes, so I'm excited. Show you how much better I am. Gonna be surprised, just like the rest of you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we'll talk 
fantasy football just a little bit. But don't don't you worry. I've sprinkled in some of my fantasy football grievances uh, throughout the notes. So <laughs> oh, get I had no doubt. <laughs> All right. So week 14 recap headlines. Uh, the Eagles became the first team to clinch a playoff spot with their dominant victory over uh, their division rival Giants this past weekend. On the flip side, I believe we have only three teams officially eliminated from playoff contention, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Bears. Everyone else could still make the playoffs. Is that kind of insane that this close, like, there's still more than three quarters of the league that's still fighting for a spot? Yeah, I mean, obviously that list will grow in the coming weeks, but yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, parity is alive and well. Uh, But we got a bunch more quarterback and other significant injuries this past weekend on monday night kyler murray went down went down awkwardly you could see his knee twist on on monday night football um and i think it's been confirmed now it's an acl tear so he's done for his contact acl tear yep you never you you always know it's something bad when they go down without being touched and don't get back up uh but the reason i to be blunt cared about this at all was because because I was banking on a big game from Hollywood Brown who of course did nothing with Colt McCoy much like the Cardinals did nothing only put up 13 points in this game and uh you know who else got hurt in this game Ramondre Stevenson which is probably a name that you don't even know unless you're a fantasy football player or a Patriots fan uh but I was banking on big game I needed big games from both those guys to have any hope so how yeah. that work out uh, it worked out horribly, Matt, which I think you know. I think that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Let's just say I turned this game off like five minutes in because both those guys got hurt and I knew it was over. Like, well, guess I'll go spend some time with my family, I guess. Guess that's what I'll be doing for the next nine months until fantasy football starts again. <laughs> so much and- distaste. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I love my family. Anyway, awkward pause. <laughs> the uh, yes, yeah, so it's over for the Cardinals too. Their season's done. Hopefully, you know, hopefully Kyler will be ready, fully healthy for Week One of next year. Uh, Russell Wilson also left his game early. The Broncos were actually playing the Chiefs pretty tight. It was a high-scoring game. Got to be the Broncos' biggest um, point total of the year as they put up 28. They almost, I mean, they were, they were going blow for blow. I mean, I think they were down 27-0 at one point early, like in the first half. It was 27 nothing, And they came all the way back, ended up losing 28-34. to But for me, the headline, Russell Wilson was actually having a great game. He had, I think, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick six, which was hilarious. If you saw it, it, got, it was one where it got tipped up in the air by a, pat, a rusher. And that same guy caught it and ran it all the way in. Nice. It was like a Madden level of like BS. <laughs> it's um, because he's so short. That's the issue. <laughs> Russell Wilson is only about six feet tall. Uh, but anyway, it was, again, the reason the Broncos season was already over. Uh, the reason I cared was because I'm like, yes, finally, Russell Wilson, the guy I drafted early this year. It's paying off when I need him most. It only took until week 14. Exactly, yeah. And then he missed most of the fourth quarter. Um, And the Broncos lost the game and got eliminated as well. 
they deserve for getting me eliminated too. And then uh, a scare in San Francisco is Brock Purdy, their third quarterback, their third starting quarterback of the year, had to have an MRI for an oblique injury after their victory over the Bucks. Uh, but it sounds like he'll be fine. Worse news for them, bigger concern, Debo Samuel suffering a high ankle sprain. Did uh, you see like- all the reports on how so many people were frustrated with the 49ers? Like fantasy they players? Stop or? turning everyone into a running back. Oh. Running them up the middle. Because yeah. that's how Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G got hurt. Debo Samuel got hurt. And they're like, who's next? George <laughs> Kittle. And I said, don't you dare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, typically receivers aren't, they don't have the bigger, as big of a physical build as a, as a running back that you would use for that type of run. But they they do it with Debo, and because he can, he's effective still, and he's the guy's tough as nails. But when ankles get twisted, there's a lot of big bodies flying around the middle of the in the trenches. There, it's it gets, uh, it, it gets bad quick. Yeah, I guess could have been worse for him if he's expected back by the end before the end of the regular season. Uh, and then Marcus Mariota, I don't know. If this is a real injury or if he's like injured, wink, wink. I have more about that. I actually did something. No way. Wow. Look at you. I'm proud of you. You want to give that now? I was at work. That's how much I worked. <laughs> you sound like me now. <laughs> Matt, give us the give us the scoop on Marcus Mariota. So, Mariota was informed that Desmond Ritter was going to be the starter. And the only news that we're waiting on is that he is stepping away from the team is the way it was phrased. Nobody knows if that's permanent or if it's just he needs some time away to process. But to my understanding of the different, you can call them rumor hearsayness that's kind of floating around, is Desmond Ritter starting and they're unsure what Mariota's going to be doing. Interesting. So that is as far as I've gone down that rabbit hole to find out. <laughs> Thanks for that tidbit. Yeah, I thought it was weird because before they were on by this past week. I thought I saw the announcement prior to that that Ritter was starting over. Hadn't heard anything about an injury to Mariota at the time. It was just the the this coaching decision. Um, I mean, I was so going to say it's twofold. There's something yeah. about an ongoing like nagging knee issue. It mm. wasn't serious, right? Um, but it it has been sort of chronic and ongoing throughout the year. Um. And then this comes up, so you kind of wonder how much is it going hand in hand. Yeah, makes sense. Ironically, this team is only one game out of the division lead in the NFC South, so they're you could. I was going to say their season is pretty much over, but technically they have a, they're alive and well in the playoff hunt through through their division. But I'm excited to see Ritter play. He was their third round pick in this year's draft, um, so we'll see. So you're the rookies, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, well, speaking of rookies, Tua Tagovailoa played like a rookie this weekend, didn't he? Oh, segue! <laughs> Going into our playoff sleepers, uh, the Dolphins had a really <laughs> exciting matchup against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Uh, both of these defenses had been playing pretty bad, pretty poorly coming into this, so I was expecting kind of more of a shootout type of game, which, or maybe that was just the uh, Tua fantasy owner in me hoping for that, <laughs> but. Would have made sense, too, but the Chargers, ironically, without Derwin James and several other key starters, they played inspired defense in this game. They looked good the first half. 
Yeah, and it you know it helped that um, Tyreek Hill was in and out of the game with some kind of ankle injury, but Tua looked so bad. I mean, he missed Tyreek wide open on a deep route early. He only completed three out of fifteen passes in the first half. Their only touchdown in the first half was this fluky, weird play where the running back Jeff Wilson fumbled it. Tyreek Hill picked it up and ran it 60 yards for the score. Outside of that broken play, they had 47 yards of offense. Yeah. It was just dominant by the Chargers. And and that continued, honestly. And even through three quarters, through three quarters of football, Tua completed four passes. I mean... If they had done that in one, we wouldn't be sitting here talking smack. You know what I mean? Right. It would be like. But the fact is, you're not going to win a game. And they have two of the most prolific passers, pass catchers. Right. Yeah. It would have been like the, uh, remember the wind game last year between the, the Patriots and the Bills? Patriots and. Uh, Bills, right? I think it was the Bills. Yeah. Where. Um, Mac, Jones. Mac Jones threw like three passes the whole yeah. game because it was so windy and bad. Like right. it wasn't going to be worth it. And they won. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were trying to do. Well, except he attempted plenty of passes. Tua did in this game. He only completed. I mean, he ended up completing more than that. They lost the game. Super disappointing. Um, but at least the Saints didn't have a chance to disappoint me this week because they didn't play. They were on a bye. And I say that as in bye-bye. I'm disowning them as my, my playoff sleeper team. Yeah, they're definitely not in sync. <laughs> oh, man, you took that to the next level. Well done. I tell you, I don't do much for this show, but I stand by with something ready to go. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, how did your sleepers do? Kind of a mixed bag. But I'm really, I really do want to talk about this first game, going back to last I think day. that it's not so much about what the Raiders did or did do. I think it's the shockingness that came out of the fact that the Rams pull out the win. Like, not to overshadow the Raiders, but this really is about an incredible series of events for, for L.A. <laughs> yeah. Less than 48 hours of joining the team, Baker gets the start, and we're like, okay, Talk about grasping at straws, right? Like <laughs> he's had, you know, up and down careers everywhere he's been. What's it going to happen? And yet I would say somebody looks revitalized. It's one game. I just want everyone to know this is just right. one game, right? Yep. But he entered the facility less than 48 hours <laughs> yeah. prior to this game. And I think what really showed around was that, that fourth quarter drive to win the game. He looked on point. He didn't really like, I wouldn't say he didn't do too much, but he was consistent. He was making the completions. He was moving the chains and, you know, somebody made the comment that he was calling adjustments at the line. Similar to what I believe it was Pete Manning used to do where he'd call out, like, hook, hook, hook to one of the receivers to run a hook route and then throw it to him. Like, defenses were kind of baffled a little bit. Like, who calls what they want the receiver to run out loud? Yeah, or just the fact that he's making these adjustments at the line of scrimmage with guys. He, he probably hadn't even met them. like seven yet. passes, too. Yeah, he probably met them for the first time in the huddle. Like, okay, hey, guys, I'm Baker. I'm going to be your quarterback. <laughs> nice. My my favorite ice cream is chocolate chip cookie dough, and my favorite color is blue. All right, on two, on two. <laughs> Get progressive insurance or whatever. 
Yeah. I, I actually thought he looked pretty good throughout the game. Like, I was impressed even before they actually scored any touchdowns. Like, I thought he was making good throws and finding open receivers. Um, And, you know, it's just such a fun story to root for. And then, of course, yeah, that that last that final drive, they were aided by a completely brainless penalty by the Raiders. I forget who it was. Someone after they it was after a sack too. like they could have been they could have won this game potentially if this guy it was like third and long after a sack on that final drive. And he was like an unsportsmanlike conduct yeah, penalty. That gives him a new set of first downs. He smacks the ball out of Baker's hands after the play like a five year old on the playground and <laughs> gives him fifteen yards and a new set of downs and they end up If I or, was McDaniels, man, I don't I wouldn't want to go to that locker room. <laughs> it's shocking. It's a shocking loss for the Raiders who had won, I think, three in a row coming into this. And we're they looking were like, really like yeah. this was a must-have win for them to try to get into the postseason, right? And yet, it really came down to that penalty. Yeah, of course, Baker ends up laying in the the touchdown throw to Van Jefferson with nine seconds left or whatever, and they win the game 17-16. Weirdly enough, very reminiscent of Saints Buccaneers last week, where the Saints it was the same scoreline. Saints were up sixteen to three. Settled for a bunch of field goals throughout the game. Bucks had done nothing on offense all night. And their final two drives, they scored touchdowns. The last one, finishing the game. It's exactly the same script that this game followed. Pretty weird. That's it. NFL is scripted. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> I don't so, think anyone would have even contemplated drawing that up. Yeah. It's so unlikely, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a big blow for your Raiders, but I was excited by this, and and I'm I'm a I'm rooting for Baker to succeed. Now your Lions did have a lot more success. This was a phenomenal game on both sides of the ball. The team came together, and I just I want to have it clear because there's a lot of flack going against Minnesota for losing to the Lions, but we have seen this before in the past. Not saying they're a Super Bowl contender, right? But like for instance. Um, Cincinnati against Cleveland, right? Browns are terrible all year, and a surefire postseason team loses to what's considered a, a garbage team, right? Because a hungry team is probably the most dangerous team to play. Teams that kind of walk in thinking it's a walk-off sort of win are typically the ones that get whooped. And I just think that's what happened here, is the Vikings didn't take the Lions seriously, and that's what ended up happening. Uh, shout out to Jamison Williams for his uh, NFL debut and his uh, first pass, first touchdown. Yeah. Right out of the gate there. That was awesome. But I felt like that set the tone. And I think we're seeing that classic Dan Campbell kind of come back. Where the team is gritty and they're not going down without a fight. Uh, that being said, is the Vikings did commit errors that did not help their case, right? They fumbled on the goal line. I think... Um, yeah, right before halftime. Dalvin Cook had like two fumbles, yeah. I think, in the game. Cook lost one, and so did, I'm looking at the stats right now, and so did Hawkinson, uh, which was yeah. a nice little piece of revenge for the Lions, I guess. They, they had traded him away earlier to Minnesota. Um, but then what really what really got me excited for this game was the fake punt in the third Oh, my quarter. God. You love to see it, yeah. <laughs> and it was executed perfectly. But then, but then... Where they didn't, they weren't done pulling out the tricks. They put uh, Panay Sewell into motion, right? For the first down and toss him 
a conversion pass. A big offensive tackle or line, a guard. I don't remember where he plays on the line, but yeah. He swung out to the right and nobody went out there. It was it was so <laughs> well done. Yeah. That it was like, no, the Lions came to play. And I got to tell you, I don't care how good of a defensive coordinator you are. You're never anticipating a lineman to get the ball. Right. Oh, no. And and then I got to hand it to uh, Campbell making some gutsy decisions here. The Lions were up eight and attempted a, a I think it was a 55 yard field goal. Where obviously if you miss that, you set up Minnesota with great field position. But the on the but the benefit is if you make it, the game's over. And and he nailed. I forget. Do they still have Prater? I don't even know who their kicker is. That's some dude with a leg. Oh, Michael Badgley. And it was a 48-yarder, but still, pretty. It, it finished the game. We're all about official stats here, people. Sealed it, and the Lions got a very impressive win. And this is what I mean by teams that can just become headaches for teams down the road and really start to mess with the positioning of the brackets, right? Like, the Lions have a shot. They do. They do. They're 6-7. and seven. Their the offense is clicking, firing on all cylinders. But uh, even if they don't like make it this year or they miss it by one game, like all you got to do is beat some of these other teams and it throws everything out the window. And we'll get to it. And when we look at the playoff picture, but they are close to a wild card spot. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. You guys thought I was freaking insane at the beginning of the year. I looked not too shabby now. Yeah, I'll admit I did. I did think you were insane. <laughs> uh, all right. A couple other games. We trust. Yeah, I'm I'm a believer. A couple other uh, games just to highlight really quickly. The 49ers just dominated the Bucks, 35 to seven. Brock Purdy in his very first NFL start. Of course, he played most of last week, but this was his first start. And you got to think if you're the Tampa Bay defense, they must have been. How is that possible? They must have been licking their chops coming into this game, right? They're like, okay, guys, it's a rookie quarterback, his first start. He was a, the seventh round pick, the final pick of the draft, but. He had three total touchdowns, no turnovers, and they didn't even sack him. <laughs> it was insane. And then, uh, of course, he was helped out by his friend Christian McCaffrey, who had 120 rushing yards, averaging eight and a half per carry. What happened to this run defense? Remember, the last couple of years, the Tampa Bay run defense has just been incredible. Their secondary was awful, so you could throw against them, but you could never run against them. Right, that was always the thing. Uh, but they did both here. And Tom Brady. Oh, maybe Todd Bowles' seat is getting a little warm. I wonder because, I mean, yeah, I wonder. I really wonder because his thing is supposed to be defense too, right? And look what happened Not here. only that, but the team overall in the massive scope of things hasn't changed from last year. Right. They've, yeah. Or they've, even two years ago, it hasn't massively gone an overhaul. You have most of the same components. Right. They're underperforming big time. And Brady was bamboozled by this 49er defense. Brady sucks. <laughs> picked off twice i did see uh i feel like this keeps happening uh he had a big touchdown pass to mike evans got called back on a penalty evans has dropped a couple very similar ones this year i don't, I don't know what's going on but the buccaneers are still in the driver's seat in the nfc south with a six and seven record uh well this well the niners solidated or solidified their place at the top thanks to the Seahawks getting upset by the Panthers. Uh, this was pretty. Speed this up. Okay. Uh, Jaguars beat the Titans in another upset. 
Cowboys nearly got upset by the Texans. That's the one I wanted to skip to really quick. Like this okay. is when I talk about hungry teams being dangerous and 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 surefire teams getting complacent. I mean, that's another one right there that yeah. was a little close for comfort. Well, the Texans were leading most of that game. I do not know what happened, but uh, Cowboys did pull it out ultimately. 27-23, but yeah, the Texans were ahead for most of this game. It was very surprising. Okay, quick break and playoff picture. Woo! Not our playoff, but the NFL playoff. Yeah, right, because, yeah, thanks for reminding. We are not part of our playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but here's how things look with four four games to play in the NFL. In the NFC, the Eagles are at 12-1. They're the number one seed currently. Uh, they have a two-game lead over Dallas for their division. The Vikings are next at 10-3. and three. They have essentially clinched the NFC North, but um, it would take a shocking turn of events for them to uh, lose that. The Niners are ahead in the NFC West. They're at 9-4, and four, two games up on Seattle. And then you have the Buccaneers currently leading the NFC South with a 6-7 and seven record, but there are only two games separating them from even the lowly Saints, who are four and nine. Anything How is this division reminiscent of the NFC East a few years ago, with all the teams having losing records? Yep, yep. And I, and the same thing holds true this year as what happened then. Whoever gets out of this division, or yeah, whoever gets out of this division into the playoffs is going to get smashed in the wild card. Uh, the current, speaking of wild card, the current wild card teams are the Cowboys at 10 and 3, uh, the Commanders and Giants, both at 7, 5, and 1. So currently you have the entire NFC East in the playoffs. Nice. But in the hunt, you still have the Seahawks at 7 and 6, just a half a game behind the Commanders and Giants. And then the Lions at 6 and 7 are right there. And then I put the Packers, because why not? If they win out. <laughs> <laughs> if they win the out. I was not expecting that. If they went out, they could still make it. Mike, can I level with your brother? <laughs> okay. They're not going to run the tables. Oh, come on. Run the tables. Why not? Turn the clock back. Bring bring. Hey, Monte if I was Rogers, I would say, hey, guys, we are D-O-N-E. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, uh, that spell's done. I, <laughs> whoa. Wow, you are quick-witted today. It's the middle uh, of the day. We're fine. In the AFC, you have the Bills with the current number one seed. They're 10-3 and three with a two-game lead over Miami in their division. The Chiefs at 10-3 and three are next with a three-game lead over the Chargers in their division. The Ravens currently are leading the AFC North. They're tied record-wise with Cincinnati, but the Ravens hold the tiebreaker. And then the Titans at 7-6 and six round out the division leaders. They have a two-game lead over the Jaguars. Uh, current wild cards are the Bengals, like I mentioned, the Dolphins, eight and five, and the Patriots actually are sneaking in if the season ended today at seven and six, which means the Chargers and Jets, also seven and six, would, are on the outside looking in currently. On the, I put the Jaguars and Raiders on here too. They're both at five and eight. Just two Did games. Did you do that back. because you put the Packers with the same record? Yeah, I kind of had to. <laughs> nice. Okay, that was a really short segment, so we don't need another break. Let's talk about the Week 15 preview. Did you rank? Oh. Did you rank all the games, Matt? Do you want to just take the driver's seat? No, I I picked up where you left off. Okay, so my top game of the week for Week 15 is Niners at Seahawks. 
I think. Oh, oh, but before I say that, we're done with the bye weeks finally. So full slate of games coming our way, including a couple Saturday ones, which is always fun. It begins. I, I think I'm most excited to watch the 49ers at Seahawks. Um, Seahawks are, will be hoping to bounce back from that shocking upset loss to the Panthers. Well, the Niners could go three games up in the division uh, with another victory behind Mr. Brock Purdy. Did you hear what his nickname is in the locker room, by the way? Oh, God, do tell. I'm going to have to censor this, but <laughs> it's Big <laughs> Brock. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> How great is that? Yeah, for a rookie, too, to have apparently earned that nickname. I mean, I wonder. Right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you are towing along a very dangerous line here. <laughs> Just begs the question. It's like, is that something they... Never mind. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> what? How do they know? I'm going to have to talk to your wife. <laughs> Why? Why? You think she knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you are if you really have to know that answer... <laughs> You know, it's like, are they just referring to, like, his confidence? Like, he's got, you know, you've heard of... Mike, what's your next game? <laughs> I'm taking the Niners to win. <laughs> I have the I have the Seahawks. Okay. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think it'll be a good one. That's why I've got it, number one. Uh, Dolphins at Bills on Saturday. Very excited for this one. Like I mentioned, the Dolphins are two games back in the division now, and they've lost two in a row. And they actually beat the Bills earlier in the season in Miami, a very close game that the Bills had a last-second drive to sputter out. Um, it's hard to imagine the way these teams are both playing. It's hard to imagine Miami pulling the upset here and doing a season sweep, so I'm taking the Bills. It's possible, but unlikely, so I have to go with Buffalo. I think there's some inclement weather expected as well, uh, which, you know, Miami's a warm-weather team. I think that would be to the Bills' advantage as well. Uh, Lions at Jets, very excited, actually. Very excited about this one. Mike White is expected to start again. And the Jets are bringing, they, you know, they played the Bills tough last week. It was 12 to 20 they lost, but impressive performance, especially defensively. Both teams are hungry. Both teams are gritty. It should be a really exciting matchup. Yeah, I... I didn't make my picks beforehand, so I'm trying to decide right now. I mean, are you going to go with your Lions? I'm. I've got Detroit. I'm. I'm all on board the bandwagon right now. <laughs> I'm going to take the Jets because they're at home and they have the better defense, I believe. Um, should be a great game, though. Uh, Bengals at Bucks. This is where I don't know about the rankings, but I'm glad you're. I only have one more here. Uh, Bengals at Buccaneers. I'm taking the Bengals. I mean. I've seen nothing to make me the think. The Bucks don't have the same bite to their bark yeah. right now. Their <laughs> their roster screams bark, but they can't they can't follow it up for whatever reason. I think you mean their roster screams bite, but they're just barking. Sure. Something yeah. like that. I'm taking the Bengals. <laughs> yep, Cincinnati. And then the last one I wrote down here, Falcons and Saints. I think I only wrote it so that I conclude the note about Twitter because oh, this would did. be this would be my. I have that one next. Okay, great. Then you go. I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter. Saints are, was, so here was my line with, of thinking. Okay, go ahead. It's going to be a crap show. <laughs> but it's going to be probably the most fascinating because you have the new rookie quarterback coming in for the Falcons that are on the outside looking <clears> in. 
potentially for the division. But you have the Saints that are kind of all over the place, but still a team that because they're all over, they don't have any sort of rhythm or cue to what's going on. And I feel like whoever wins this game is the team that's going to rival Tampa Bay for the division. Well, especially yeah. if Tampa Bay loses. Right, right, exactly. I know I just disowned them, but I'm actually going to take the Saints, I guess. I have Atlanta just because I know what the quarterback change. Something says about these quarterbacks lately. They've been yeah. playing rather well. Well, you and know, the, the not- Saints defense hasn't been as as strong as I would have thought it would have been. True. Yep. Well, you know who's not making a QB change? The Saints. Dennis Allen said it's going to be Andy Dalton still. That's fine. They're just a... I still think they're they're done for the season, even if they win this game. It's. But I, I, I yeah, I'm picking up against the rookie making his first start. And now I turn it over to you, Matt. So I don't have a bunch of notes. I kind of just looked at the games and was like, no, oh, that's interesting. I think that's how you do this. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> But next I have two unexpectedly high on this list because of the teams, the Giants versus the Commanders, two teams that I don't think we'd ever have expected to be in the position that they're in. Yeah. And it all comes down to right now with that whole division now jockeying for that last potential playoff spot. It makes this game way more interesting. The winner, I feel like the winner goes, the loser goes home. And that's really how it's going to shake out. Yeah. And with that being said, I, as much as I love what the commanders have done and Ron Rivera's done with his team, the credit's got to go to Brian DeBall and what he's done with the Giants and, and that whole situation. I mean, it's incredible that this is the team that last year we were laughing at. But I have, I have the Giants. Okay. Yeah, these teams played uh, two weeks ago. And tied. I'm going to go with the Manders here. Next on my list, um, really, it just got way more exciting, right? Is the Rams versus the Packers. Oh, yes. Baker versus Rodgers. Just because Baker's stunning performance um, really moves it up in terms of excitement. And it really, this is a chance for Green Bay to show that they can still play. They may not make it this year, but that the team is still is finally finding its footing. Yeah. And, and is going to play their hearts out these last four weeks versus kind of lay down and die and figure the season's over. Why bother? Right. But I feel like this game could be the determining factor of what happens the next three weeks for Green Bay. Does love come out to play? Mm-hmm. Or are they just going to let Rodgers sort of coast the rest of the season? I think this game determines that. Not to mention, yeah. what can Baker do? against the great Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's true. I think if they lose this game, they might get eliminated from the playoffs. That's essentially what Rodgers said, was that he wanted to at least play while they still had a shot at the playoffs. Uh, and, and you could argue similarly for the Rams. is like they're just dead in the water. All their starters were gone, nothing to play for. But I feel like Baker has breathed new life into the guys that are that remain there and healthy. So they've got a lot more to play for, too. I'm going to go with the Packers. I got the Rams, and we're going to go through these next few kind of quick. Traitor. Or Rams. I said Rams. I said Traitor. Oh. Go on. I you said Raiders. Like, no. Shut up. Okay, go. Rapid fire. Next, I have Baltimore uh, and the Browns. Baltimore. 
Uh, yes, Baltimore. Well, uh, Deshaun Watson has been terrible so far through, what, two games? Back? But I also feel like this is where bad teams can wreck things for people because if Cleveland pulls on an upset against Baltimore, Baltimore loses their standing, and then Cincinnati takes the division. And you know what? I forgot that uh, Lamar is still out, so it's going to be Huntley again, my quarterback. I still also think go. Baltimore pulls out yeah. the win, but it's going to be an ugly show. But it's just how important this game is for Baltimore to win to stay ahead of Cincinnati. 100% agree. They beat the Steelers, what, 16-14 to 14 last week? It's going to be something like that in the scoreline. But I think they'll win again, Baltimore. I have Titans and Chargers next. Yeah, it's a good one. Give me the Chargers. I got the Chargers. Indy versus Minnesota. Interesting. I'll take the Vikings to bounce back. I think so. I think we're still looking at the Jeff Saturday experiment here and kind of figuring that one out. Yeah. Uh, then I have the Patriots and Raiders, a very gritty game, but with both teams on the cusp oh, there. Josh McDaniels revenge game. <laughs> how could I not have that a little bit higher on the list? Yeah, totally. But I have the Raiders in this one. I'm going to take the Raiders too. They win. That's what they do. They win games that it seems like they shouldn't. And then they blow the one that seems like the most obvious one in the world. <laughs> Next, I have the train wreck. That'll be the Cardinals and Broncos. Oof, wow. Uh, <laughs> the Broncos still showed a lot of tenacity last week out of nowhere, right? And now yeah. with the Cardinals relying on Colt McCoy, yeah. this is a chance for either team to kind of make an impact. Wow. And Broncos may or may not have Russ with the concussion, which, you know. So could this all of a sudden makes this way more interesting. Yeah, I think I'll take Denver. I've got the Cardinals. Next, I have Pittsburgh at Carolina. Yeah, this one got more interesting. Uh, with I oh, have I have Pittsburgh. I forgot to say mention that Kenny Pickett I think left with a concussion too last week, and Trubisky came in and threw three picks. <laughs> Nailed it. So that'll be one to watch. I'll take Carolina. I got Pittsburgh. Okay. And then I feel like these last three are like picking the obvious teams right dallas at jacksonville jacksonville's shown a lot of strides in the past few weeks they have trevor lawrence has had a few big games and i get dallas you know almost blew it to the texans but again you you get too cocky and you tend to get a little dose of reality and humility right so i don't yeah. think they let that happen again but i think dallas wins this one i'll go with the jags do it all right do it. i love it done <laughs> Chiefs at Texans. Chiefs. And then last but not least, Philadelphia at Chicago. Yeah, got to go birds there, I think. I took Chicago. Really? Okay. As an upset. Yeah. Why? Because I don't know. Well, if you want to make the argument, the Bears are coming off the bye week, right? Justin Fields, fully healthy. Look at you getting all sort of like technical over here while I just wrote down names and underlined them. That's, I mean, it's a little bit of a role reversal here, right? Usually I'm just the one writing stuff and reading it, and <laughs> you're the one cracking wise. And <laughs> Hey, we do what we're good at, right? <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well done. I, I mostly agreed with, uh, with how you ranked those games. Bam, look at that. Let's take and a so everybody more... at home knows, like, you did not know anything after Atlanta. No, and that was fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, maybe I should, uh, yeah, whatever. Maybe I should hide them from you moving forward so it's more of a surprise. 
right. One more quick break, and then we'll talk for like 30 seconds about how our fantasy teams are. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. And we're back. They sucked. We're, we're all going home. It's over. <laughs> R.I.P. Mike's fantasy team. I just want to say, I was 5-2 and two at one point before Jamar Chase got hurt and ended the year on a 1-6 and six run. <laughs> I and that, had just quarterback carousel happening over a main, and I have not had any good luck at wide receiver. I, am, I want to put this on record. Speaking of quarterback carousel, and I want you to hold me to this. Next oh, draft. I'm picking first round quarterback next year, no matter what, <laughs> because I'm sick of being in quarterback hell. <laughs> it sucks, especially in our league, because they all go so fast. Right, because it's a super flex, so you could you start two quarterbacks. Everybody that and quarterbacks put up the biggest numbers, right? It's like even even guys like Stephon Diggs, who I took in the second round this year, he's been mostly really solid, but even his big games are like 17, 20 points. You got Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen on your team. They're putting up 30 to 40 regularly. It's just such an advantage. Joe Burrow in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I want to try to remember this pain, like I said, nine months from now when we're drafting again. And and take a quarterback, damn it. (laughs) And I just want to also say that I'm 0-3 in all my leagues. No playoffs at all for me this year. So You get to legitimately enjoy football now. I guess so, yeah, in its purest form. <laughs> and I will see you in the consolation bracket. <laughs> and we will see everybody else next week. Yep, thanks for tuning in. Matt, you, Matt thank you for joining us from lunch. How was that? It was, it was delicious. <laughs> Excellent, as was, as was your analysis. I, you know what? I actually brought something to the table this week. You so you did. And I'll suck it. I am impressed, and I will not do that. see everybody next week bye thank you for listening to the 2m football podcast with matt and mike don't forget to follow us on our social media both twitter and instagram look for our photo at 2m football show if you like what you heard please tell your friends family and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans and remember we will see you next week on the gridiron